We all call it Kid Rock's Big Tourist Trap and Syphilis Pit. Welcome to Indecorous Podcast. Indecorous means not in good taste. 9-11 was a gender reveal. <laughs> Indecent. Bunch of lunatics with morbid senses of humor. Immoral. You don't have the money to bulldoze this building? Just draw Muhammad all over the place. <laughs> Somebody will blow that shit up. Shameless. I let my bush grow because it's kind of one of those locks for love type of situations. Impolite. People always shit fingering, but I'm like, you know what? My finger is always hard. I don't get whiskey fingers. And beyond the pale. What you wearing down on your toes? Welcome to episode 91 of Indecorous Comedy. This is episode 41 of season 2. Indecorous Comedy is a reprehensively distinguished educational comedy show, either the smartest lowbrow or dirtiest highbrow podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Carlos Valencia. And to my right is Bobby D. Yo. And to his right is Ian. What's happening? A few minutes from now, our guest Chad Ryden is going to be joining us, and we'll be answering listener questions, talking about Indecorous news. We'll be diving deep into mole people, which I'm not even sure what that is, but I assume it's people that have a lot of moles. Don't tell me if I'm <laughs> right. Don't tell me if I'm right, but that's just what my guess is going to be. And we'll close it all out with Indecorous state laws. Now, before we get into anything else, we have to do our acknowledgement of our latest Patreon supporter. Yeah. Zach. Yeah. We're eating steak tonight, baby. Yeah. Zach joined us at the $7 level, which is Lot Lizard. Dude, thank you, Zach. Thanks, yeah. Zach. Welcome to the team. So at the $7 level, you get access to all the special members only section with all the special episodes and the bonus material that we're releasing weekly, I think. Coming up, we have uh, some long ones. I mean, coming up from when we record this, because we did the one with Jake Flores. That was a long one. I got, a, like, I think about a half an hour of material from that episode. Oh, shit. So that's going to be a long bonus. Yeah, that was a good one. John Dunn, I also think that's going to be about 30 minutes long. So oh, nice. these, these bonus materials, some of them are almost half the length of an entire episode. Also, you get a signed printed copy of your favorite offensive retro ad if you want one, Zach, because I think we finally got Ian to agree that it wasn't a good idea to rip off our Patreon supporters. So if you want one, let us know and we'll mail it out to you. Yeah, yeah the, it turns out the mail wasn't uh, imminent death of corona. Yeah, yeah. So if you want one, just let us know, Zach, and thank you for being a Patreon supporter. Did you hear about this? Well, first of all, do you guys know who Jacob Chansley is? No clue. Yeah, I wouldn't expect you to know the guy's name. He also goes by the Q Shaman. You know okay. what I'm talking about now? Yeah, yeah, QAnon Shaman, right? The guy with the buffalo hat. Yeah. That apparently when he got put in jail started asking for organic food or some shit. You guys know about that? That's yeah, I heard about that, yeah. That yeah. Like the name sounds like, it sounds like somebody that would ask for organic food, but. Yeah, yeah, so this guy, you know, he was one of the guys that, stormed the Capitol on January 6th, and he's the probably the most infamous one because he's the one that was wearing that giant buffalo horn hat. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. face paint. Yep. So he got arrested, and that was part of the deal. He After he got arrested, he wanted to have organic food at the <laughs> prison. But his lawyer, his attorney, made a statement today, and I wish I knew exactly what the source of this was, but it's I think it's a, one of the major publications. This reporter talked to his attorney, and his attorney says, well, I'm just going to quote the article that I saw. He says, his client had Asperger's syndrome, 
<laughs> and indicated that Cheney's mental state and the impact of Trump's propaganda efforts would play a role in his case. Now, this is a quote that I really like. This is coming from the attorney for the Q shaman. A lot of these defendants, and I'm going to use this colloquial term, perhaps disrespectfully, but they're all fucking short bus people. <laughs> oh, these, these are people with brain damage. They're fucking retarded. They're on the goddamn spectrum. But they're our brothers, our sisters, our neighbors, our co-workers. They're part of our country. These aren't bad people. They don't have prior criminal history. Fuck, they were subjected to four-plus years of goddamn propaganda, the likes of which the world has not seen since fucking Hitler. <laughs> so I like how outspoken this fucking attorney yeah, is. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I love this guy. And I can't say I disagree. I think a lot of these people are wrong in the fucking head. And they're gullible. And of course, yeah, and I don't disagree with the four years of goddamn propaganda either. Dude, the best part about this is that in case after case of these people that have been tried for this, their defense is Trump is a liar and we're gullible idiots. Like pretty much every <laughs> single time. Yeah, just, yeah. I, I mean, better wait. late than never, right? <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. There's like, I can't wait. I mean, I'm sure some of them are saying this insincerely because they're just trying to get off. You know, yeah. They're, uh, they're trying to avoid going to prison, but I still love it. Because now the other side, meaning Trump's side, is going to have to defend that. Like, no, I've never said anything to encourage this from happening. Meanwhile, all these other idiots that were Trump supporters now have to turn on him. I love all this. I love watching oh, yeah. the whole Trumpism and the Republican Party just devour itself right now. Like they it, took, uh, they knocked no, off. Uh, yeah, Liz yeah, Cheney Liz got taken out. I love it. I mean, and it's funny because I'm, I don't like Liz Cheney, even though I'm, I'm more on her side than I am on the oh, Trumpers sure. guy, but I still don't like her. So I just, either way this works out is great for me. It's a Republican civil war right now. It's the GOPQ mm -hmm. versus the establishment GOP. And it's like a snake eating its own tail. I mean, it's just, oh, yeah. it's a lose-lose situation for them because you're either going to alienate the low chromosome people that would use the, I only fuck my sister because I have too many chromosomes or whatever defense. Is that a common defense? <laughs> I mean, I, but that's the, that's sort of the QAnon and Trump supporters Carlos was mentioning is they essentially, they have too many chromosomes is what it is, actually. <laughs> yeah, so I think, just going back to the lawyer guy, the attorney, he's not wrong in that. And it's funny because if you talk to these people, these Trumper people, which I do sometimes when I'm bored online and get into it with them, they love calling anybody that doesn't believe what they believe sheep like oh, oh yeah sheep. yeah that's like, yeah. when that's exactly what they are they're, they're all these people that do not have the capacity to tell what's fake news from real news and they bought into this lie all this propaganda for four years and now the ones that got caught at the capitol now they're trying to recant and be like no yeah <laughs> brainwashed by this <laughs> meanwhile the ones that didn't get caught they're still trying to push that no you're brainwashed like well which one is it then you know, uh, let's welcome our guest for tonight chad Ryden. everybody chad how are you doing sir doing fantastic america's favorite comedian of all time chad Ryden. thank you yes, <laughs> yes what was it the first time i worked with you i was emceeing and you were like what is it america's most gangster comedian or something no like no it is I, when i started comedy i used to see show promo for james gregory are you familiar with oh, him yeah the yeah, funniest yeah. Oh, yeah man in america that's funniest right man ever. Yeah. that's right so he bills himself as the funniest man in america 
And I'd never heard of him. So I was like talking to the club owner. I was like, who the fuck is this guy? And how dare he? Like, I don't know who the hell he is. But, you know, I saw the show and it's fine, whatever. But America's funny. Like, I was like, fuck this guy. And then they were like, you know, no. Like from the start, when he was first starting comedy, he just told people like, that's my hook. I'm a, the funniest man in America. And that branding has stuck because he pushed it. And I was Did like, oh, okay. And so I immediately changed my stupid branding to America's favorite comedian of all time. <laughs> and I'll tell you, it has not been beneficial. Club owners hate that. People get mad and they're like, what? How dare you? I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> but it's hilarious though and that's also how that chick is because it's not like there's a, some ranking of the best comics of all time yeah. or whatever that is like oh no but officially according to the standards and measures of comedy i'm the greater <laughs> right. you know it's all a joke yeah like that's how i heard the rolling stones call themselves the greatest rock and roll band in the world or some shit and they just started calling themselves that that's how that started it wasn't like somebody named them there's so now you can just call yourself well, th that's the thing i was a broadcast major i took marketing and advertising classes and that's it all this shit is made up. You just say whatever yeah. the fuck you want and you say it often enough and then other people start saying it and then yes. people believe it. Yeah. Now, that hasn't happened with me yet, but I'm, <laughs> you know, fingers crossed. Yeah, dude, you, you, you just basically it. described the last administration. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> That's all it is, man. Yeah. It's all bullshit PR. Yeah, yeah. Dude. And the reason I know that story, the Rolling Stone thing, is because somebody asked Howard Stern years ago, when did you start getting called the king of all media? I was like, I heard that Rolling Stone story. So I was like, well, fuck it. I'm just going to call myself the king of all media. And boom, <laughs> fucking people just, that's didn't all James you fucking Gregory, need to do. Like, didn't he trademark that too or something? I'll bet. Doesn't he's he got so that? much merchandise. Like, dude, like if you go to his show, he's got T-shirts, watches, socks. He's got neckties. Like every oh single thing you could possibly <laughs> yeah. brand, he's got it. It's crazy. He's oh, one of those weird, uh, I don't know if weird's the right word, but those special regional acts that will sell out in the Southeast, but yes. nowhere else. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'm yeah. sure there's other comics also like in the Midwest and or in the Pacific Northwest. They're like, oh, yeah, this guy sells out everywhere here. But if they were to go anywhere else, nobody knows who they are. Right. Isn't that Killer Bees? Like, isn't he in the same? Yeah. I don't know. Does he? Does Killer Bees still sell out? I don't know. Yeah, Bees has got a little bit of that. And like, I remember Mark Marin used to just talk about him all the time. Where he's like, I see this guy's headshot everywhere I go. I don't know who the <laughs> fuck he is. And then he finally got him on the show. And of course, Bees is a wild man. He's insane. So like, it, it, he's he's fantastic. But yeah, there's there's hundreds of dudes like that that you just you have no idea who they are until you go to their little town or whatever, and yeah. it's like they're goddamn superstars. It is to an extent. It's kind of like grocery stores are like that. You know what I mean? Like like out west, nobody knows what the fuck a Harris Teeter is. You know, just like we don't know what fucking Ralph's is. You know, right. Like right here, we've got the in Nashville, we've got this thing where Whataburger is going to open up some stores. They haven't had stores here in whatever, 30 years. And so a local comic like started this online petition to bring Whataburger here. No, it's just fucking fast food. Who gives a shit? It's all the yeah, same. Yeah. But but because like it's not here, people fetishize it and they're like, right. oh shit, we got it. It's the best, you know? Or Oh yeah, dude. There was a long time where, I don't know if it, it might still be a thing, but there was a long time where like anywhere that opened a new Krispy Kreme, it would be like lines out the door because it's, like, oh, it's the first time we got a Krispy Kreme. Like there's people who will make that, that's their thing where they are at every Krispy Krispy Kreme store opening, you know? Oh, like, oh my yeah, God. Yeah, dude. 
people are insane but like they, also i don't blame them it's like you, shit you got to find something to do with your time <laughs> that's true I, I do i have said that for a while though like even with the people that collect things that are a lot of people think are stupid or whatever i'm just like i just wish i was passionate about anything as much as you're passionate about <laughs> yeah. whatever right i, mean, I wish i had nail joy in my heart on any level i wish, <laughs> yeah. I, I, wish I could enjoy things i right. wish i didn't hate everything and everybody <laughs> I actually the last thing i mean and even then i was in like a huge fan because i've never been a super fan of anybody but i i thought about this a long time ago and chad and i i think can relate to this i was like i don't really care much when celebrities die like it doesn't like i don't connect with anybody but the only one that i think i would genuinely be very sad is uh when david letterman dies like oh I'll my be god very, very sad when they, yeah know? i would lose my mind oh i i'm gonna need some heavy drugs it's gonna be bad it's gonna be really bad yeah, yeah. dude i mean it's like i don't uh, and i can't think of a single other celebrity like when what? prince died i liked prince i liked david bowie i liked all those guys but not enough that i'm gonna be like oh man this well, is wait a really second carlos let me challenge you a little bit here what if it was your favorite porn store I don't have a favorite porn star. Ah. Very, I know you're very passionate about porn, Ian, and that's why you, you're projecting this on me. But I really don't. I don't really. It's to me, not to be callous about it, but they seem very replaceable. Well, maybe it's just me, Carlos, but I would ugly yeah, cry no, it's, if it's Riley Reed died. You. Who? Uh, Riley Reed. Oh, see, okay. Well, we'll say a prayer for Riley Reed. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we like to start the show with questions sent from our millions of listeners around the world. We accept all questions, but we really have an answer for any of them. <laughs> Question number one is, where do I send questions? That's indecorouscomedy at gmail.com. Or hit us up on social media on Facebook, Instagram, at indecorouscomedy, Twitter, at indecoruspod, Patreon at themshits.com, or patreon.com slash indecoruscomedy. And how do you spell indecorous, Bobby? It's I-N-D-E-C-O-R-O-U-S. I-N-D-E-C-O-R-O-U-S. You're not doing a third one, right? You're not going to throw that at me. So you, no, I never know if you're going to do one gonna... or two, but if you start throwing you three at me, it's going to be, yeah, dude. Now, this first question, this is a first for us because it's a question only for Ian. Uh -oh. <laughs> and, I don't like the yeah, way this is going. <laughs> it comes, and it comes from Dwayne, who is also Ian's favorite Patreon supporter, so he cannot be denied. I remember Ian gave, <laughs> we got Brendan Walsh on the podcast, and Ian gave all the credit to Dwayne. So Dwayne, oh, yeah. gets, <laughs> we have yeah. that rapport going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so since he's your, since you gave him all the credit for Brendan Walsh, and he's your favorite Patreon supporter, he is asking. And I'm going to say it exactly how he sent it. He said, has Ian yet to figure out that they replaced Wesley Snipes with Omar Epps in the Major League movie franchise? God damn, that breaks my heart. I, I, this is news to me. You I'm, did I'm not sad. know this. You did. Well, I think the reference is that you can't tell black people apart. I think that... I think this is a call back to Carlos's attempt to paint I, me I as tempt, a racist because... Attempt. Well, it, it, it clearly didn't work. I don't know anything about this situation, but it sounds pretty damning. Yeah. So, so essentially, yeah, I, I made a pretty big fuck up whenever I tagged the wrong African-American guest in our social media. And, damn, dude. And, and one would assume by this faux pas in and of itself that I literally looked at pictures of people Hmm, they, they all have the same skin color. It must be the same. It's just this Chad, one. he tagged but, Samuel oof. L. Jackson. But, but, in reality, <laughs> but in reality, here's what happened. I'm even lazier than that. He just put the handle at Mr. Funny Guy out there on our Patreon shit. I saw Mr. 
at Mr. Funny Guy and just literally copy and pasted that username and just dropped it into some paragraph I wrote and just dropped it everywhere. I didn't yep. bother to look at it. So it wasn't racist. It was lazy. No, that sounds pretty racist. <laughs> Thank you, Chad. Thank you. I like how you, I, I'll say this. Again. I love how Ian's defense of this is like, no, no, I'm not racist. It's just I don't give a shit about promoting the podcast. That's what <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, one, one would yeah. get me fired I, guys, potentially. I don't care one would enough just... to be racist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right. So I think that's the answer, Dwayne. I don't think uh, he was. A, I, to be honest with you, it's been a long time since I've seen the Major League movie. So I, I didn't realize Wesley Snipes didn't come back for Major League 2. I, for a minute there, when, he was, when you were saying that, I thought like another one had come out and I just didn't. I, when I, I, when I read the it. question, I thought they were like rebooting it or something. But I don't yeah. know, apparently, apparently yeah, but, but between the time that Major League came out and Major League 2 came out, Wesley Snipes became a big superstar. So he was like, I don't need your fucking little Major League shit. It's minor league at this point for him. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to our second question. And now this one is for everybody. Ken asks, oh, this is right up your alley too, though, Ian. How much does a fluffer get paid? Oh, man. Now, I don't know. I don't know if any of us. Well, maybe Ian will actually know the economics of this. But yeah, I do you guys have insight into the porn industry pay scale? Like, I don't. Why is this question <laughs> yeah. coming to you? I know. I, that's exactly what I'm thinking. But the reason I did include it in the thing is because I want to make sure is fluffer a thing? Like, I've heard the term a lot. And for those who don't know, Ian, what is a fluffer? What is a fluffer supposed to be? All right. So between scenes, a gentleman may not be as erect as one would like. And in order to facilitate, let's say, a gangbang with many a hairy dude or a fat lady, if you will, the fluffer is the hot chick that comes in between the scenes and does a little something, something to get the guy nice and erect so he can go shoot the hot shot. Okay, so, so he's she's supposed to do like the prep work. So the dude is hard <laughs> for the actual scene. Now, is this a real thing, though? But or is oh, it yeah. a myth? It's not like an urban legend. I mean, they really do have these on porn set. I thought this job was eliminated when Viagra was. <laughs> they, they, I know they used to, <laughs> yeah. but, but we've got Viagra now. Like, there, there's no reason to need this, right? Yeah, it was just Viagra was created to eliminate that job. They're taking our jobs. Yeah, it's to save company's money. <laughs> It'd be funny if, like, oh, yeah, they only have fluffers in New Jersey now. You know how they fucking yeah. refuse to let you the pump gas. your own gas? They're like, no, you can't fucking. You got to get somebody else to do that for yeah. you. You can't use a pill. Yeah, this ain't it's Oregon, a, bro. Well, yeah, it's a union thing where they're like, no, no, no. You cannot get yourself erect. Wait till the union chick gets here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. And if you don't get hard within a few hours, then they got to be replaced by the other union guy because then you got to pay overtime, all that shit. <laughs> So what would you say, Ian? Well, again, who the fuck knows how much they get paid, but what percentage do you think would be fair for a fluffer to get paid as opposed to the main star of the movie? Um, well, I think that they probably make considerably less than the on-screen talent, but I think they're probably, if they're not unpaid interns, like some of the lower quality <laughs> production studios might make it one of these like little unpaid internships to kind of break into the industry, if you will. That but, would uh, be fucking ridiculous. <laughs> That'd be hilarious if you, they have interns in porn. That's yeah. how you break into the industry. You, you've been an I, intern for like eight years. They're like, nah, next year you might have a shot. There's no way they're getting a cut of sales. This is a an yeah. hourly paid position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no fucking way. So, getting... Yeah, they're a part of the fight for 15 right now. <laughs> yeah, <that's right>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're getting points on every fucking download so, on this. All right, so, so check this out, guys. If you do a Google search, do fluffers get paid? Which I think you just did. The very first thing that shows up is 
Fluffers earn $39,000 to $42,000 per year or $19 to $21 per hour. That's like a quick trip manager. So I wonder, though, is this a staff position? Do they just have a studio <laughs> fluffer team or are you on call? How does this play out? Is this something I can do part time just to make ends? Like, you know, yeah, it's like Fiverr. It sounds to me like the porn star retirement plan, right? Like once, <laughs> yeah. you, once you age out of being a star, well, at least you got something to fall back on. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Oh, how sad. <laughs> God damn. So, I mean, that's a decent amount of money. I, I, you know, I've been doing stand-up for a while. That's more than I've gotten paid in most years sometimes, you know? <laughs> it's got to make that, you feel pretty good about yourself, right? Yeah, that's that's not a very good metric to judge this by. It's like, well, yeah, better than stand-up comedy pace. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's yeah, pretty as, good too. As soon as Ian said that, I could like, almost hear Carlos going, like, oh, that stuff is pretty good. That's not bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, I mean if, if our Patreon doesn't take off, at least I know I have something to fall back on. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right go. this next question comes from patrick and patrick asked this is kind of an inside comedy question where do you think the worst stand-up advice is giving after a show from audience members <laughs> or at an open mic from other young comics open mics open mics yeah yeah it, it once once uh, this is one of the funniest things to me is when you see guys who uh, ha ha hit that one year mark once they've been doing what they're doing and they and there's people that have been doing it less time than them and they're ready to <laughs> spread the knowledge. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And so you, you kind of see them trying to you know pull these young kids' coattails. It's like, God damn, you you know, you can't get a spot anywhere. <laughs> like what, right. do you, what what are you what are you advising them on? What do you what could you possibly impart upon this person? Yes, yes. And the, the other part, I mean, and I guess this is I don't know if this is, I think it is common, but it, maybe it's just me. But also, you once you see people that started after you, it kind of is hard to stop considering them uh, just beginners. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. so why is this beginner giving somebody else advice when you really haven't done anything yourself? It's, it's like, I, I totally agree with that. The best is when it's somebody that's been doing it for 20 years but they still haven't made it and they've had to see like people from their scene come up and lap them and, <laughs> and they're oh, still yeah. out there teaching comedy classes. Yeah. yeah, that's it. That's why, that's why I keep my goddamn mouth shut. I got no <laughs> advice for anybody. I'll tell you like the best advice I got was from Doug Stanhope. And I, I asked him, I was like, come on, man, what do I do? What should I do? And he said, I could give you advice and tell you what I think you should do. But I'm just telling you what what I would do, which might be good for me, but not necessarily good for you. And I'll, I will just tell you what I did 20, 30 years ago, which is not right. applicable now. So yep. like, I'm just telling you how to be more like me with yeah. the perspective of already being established. And he's like, I, I have no advice. The, the advice is do whatever the fuck you want and don't listen to anybody else because they're wrong. The only you know what you can do. And I think that yeah. I think that's the best advice is j just, you know, don't give other people advice and don't listen that's to right. anybody else. Just do what you think is right. And maybe you're right. Maybe you're wrong, but you'll figure it out eventually. Absolutely, yeah. man. I'm the same way, dude. Like, I, I never give unasked for advice. If somebody asks me for advice, then I'll be like, all right. But I always premise it. And I think it's based, too, because I've heard Doug say that as well. When I give the advice, I premise it with like, listen, I'm going to tell you what I think. 
But yeah. if I ever tell you anything that you think, ah, that doesn't feel right for me, then don't do it. Because if you try to do some fake shit because somebody else told you it's the way that you should be doing it, then it's not going to come across genuine. When like, If somebody tells you, like, no, you should say this when you tell that joke. Yeah. Or you should deliver it this way. And then you try to force that delivery, it's going to come across fake. And you're not going to get the laughs. It's just not going to work. Yeah. So I'll, I'll tell you what I think. But if, if you see anything that I said that it's like, ah, that's not going to really jive for me, then just throw it away. Don't fucking don't try to uh, be something, somebody that you're not. Exception to that is if you're working at a club and the club owner's like, hey, do this, try this. It's like, yes, do that while they're watching at <laughs> yeah. your club. <laughs> yeah. But if what they say to you doesn't work for you, fucking forget it as soon as you're out of their sight. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And same thing with headliners. Like sometimes headliners are like, do this, don't do that. And it's like, okay, yes, while I'm in front of you, sure. But as soon as I get away from you, I'm doing whatever the fuck I want. Absolutely. Yeah. The only good comedy advice in uh, 2021 is like, quit. Don't use the N word. <laughs> yeah. Quit. Don't use the N word. <laughs> Let's not yeah. forget, I think the, the nuggets of wisdom from the crowd after a show, the unsolicited drunken advice from the one guy that was heckling you the whole time. And now he's trying to be friends. I mean, that, that can sometimes be a gym, though. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. The guy that was trying to help the whole show. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's not to be glossed over. That or, or the guy that's like, "Hey, you know, I got a joke you can do on your bed." <laughs> yes. And, uh, I wish I, I if I could, I, I could go back in time. I would record every time somebody told me a joke I could use in my act, and that would be like a podcast of of, of just those yeah. jokes. Yeah, dude. And, or, and it was like a Jeff Foxworthy joke. <laughs> well dude if it, here's the thing man is like because that's not a that's a, that's actually a great idea if you had kept track of all those jokes you could even do it towards the end of your set and be like these are yeah if you have the balls to do it you just have like a two three minute chunk that just bombs horribly and it's all jokes that people give you after shows and they're like all right this is why you shouldn't come to me after the show and tell me jokes, because those are all jokes people told me after a show. But how yep. incredible would it be, though, if you just had this entire alternate career where you were successful because you listened? Because you oh listened to the people after yeah. the show. And like, I guess in Bizarro World, yeah, that would be fucking... Do like a Larry the Cable Guy character where you you you, you book yourself in the club a week as you, and then next week you come back and you're all the shitty, hacky jokes that some dipshit gave you after a show. Oh, yeah, yeah. And actually, that, I was thinking about that, too, uh, when Bobby brought that up. I mean, it's not, it's not far-fetched to say that... Some of these comics that just do characters, that's kind of what they're doing. They're they're famous yeah. for not being themselves. They found a, a gimmick that caught on. And once you find that gimmick, man, good luck trying to be just like, no, I'm just doing straight comedy now. Dude, I, yeah. very early on, I saw Etta May. Are you familiar with her? Yeah, yeah. Etta May, she, well, but for the folks at home. Could She's like a sassy May? Southern granny character. And she dresses up in this fat outfit and she puts on a wig and she acts much older than she is. And she does like sassy Southern granny jokes. And I'll never forget. I was at Zany's one night and she was out of costume and I'd never seen her out of costume. And we're all drinking, you know, it's like two in the morning and she's kind of standing there smoking and drinking. And I'm talking to her and she just kind of says to me, don't ever do a character. You can't quit. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, yeah. it's like she was so bitter and beaten down and tired of the whole shit it was yeah. so great that's was, awesome that's how you end that story it was so great <laughs> yeah i loved it i loved it i was like oh my that's god great. she's 
Her her misery was so refreshing. It was really delightful. Like I love, I loved it. I like, I like it. I mean, I love it, and it works. I guess also in the sense that, like for example, Stephen Wright, who's a brilliant comic, one of my favorites. And then when I when I listened to him on the the on Marin actually that you brought up earlier, Marin. It was like, wow, he's like a regular guy. Like he was just like having fun shooting the shit with uh, with Marin. But at this point, he can't do stand up as just regular dude. No, he's he's created that character, which is a brilliant and hilarious character. But yeah, once you get known as that character, there's no going back. It's like I remember. Do you ever hear about Chicken Chad? Chicken, the the this is the character that used to show up at like last comic standing auditions. No, chicken's a dude from Birmingham from way back in the day. But this is before my time even. But I would hear the stories, and the people that have been around longer than I have know the story better. But they accuse him of ending. What are those deals that they get? Development development deal. Yeah. Which sounds exaggerated, but that's the story. The myth is that Chicken got sent to Montreal, signed a development deal, and went nowhere. And then that's when they stopped giving development deals in Montreal. Oh, I have At the Montreal Comedy Festival. So I don't know. That's a whole story that uh, listeners can research if you want. But uh, my buddy, you know Kerry White, Chad, right? Did you meet Kerry White? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he was at the Stardome in Birmingham. And apparently Chicken... That's where he started, and he was like the star. When he started, he was the star of Birmingham at the start. He would hump the stool, and, you know, people love that shit. (laughs) (laughs) Classic move. He trademarked that, man. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so, you know. He's America's stool fuckingest comic. (laughs) (laughs) He's impregnated so many stools. (laughs) But he, he went, apparently at one point he tried to come back, but he wanted to be just whatever his regular name was, which I don't remember. And and apparently, and Kerry was there when Chicken was trying to come back at the stardom. And apparently, the dude just bombed, just terribly, trying to be just whoever he is. And then the owner of the place or the manager was like, "Dude, you gotta, you gotta do Chicken, man. Chicken this it is up. Not gonna work. <laughs> you gotta chicken it up." And, and yeah, he just couldn't escape. And uh, long story short, guy ended up killing himself. Oh no! Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So uh, it was a delightful story. Yeah. That's... Yeah, nothing to do with the act. He had some pending child charges. But, uh, Jesus, that's no, how you're no. fucking making that better, Bobby? Good Lord. Now we're going to get sued by the chicken estate. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know how every single stand-up comedy story doesn't end with that. Like, <laughs> yeah. And then he killed himself. Yeah. Of, of course he did. I think that's the end of every comedy story. You just got to give it enough time. Yeah. <laughs> and they say suicide's not funny. All right, guys, we are going to move on to our second segment of the podcast. This is the segment where we highlight the most important news happening across the United States and all over the world. It's indecorous news. After you listen to this segment, you will never have to listen to another newscast ever again in your entire life. So we're going to go with this first story. And actually, it's going to be our main and only story because it's that important. The headline is, A Literal Shit Show at Kid Rock's Nashville Bar. I put this here on purpose because our friend Chad is from Nashville. 
story. Fuck that I- bar. Fucking <laughs> rock. So, so Chad knows what this is about. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yep. It's downtown in the middle of the white supremacy Disneyland. And <laughs> the, the guy that owns this bar owns half of Broadway. And he is just the biggest shithead on the planet. Steve Smith. He's an awful person. It's just it's all tourist trap joints where you're paying 15 bucks a beer and you're getting COVID and he refused to shut down anything or have mad, like he's a shithead and all of his employees got COVID yeah. and it's constant death. It's death at these clubs. It's awful. If you look at like look at TikTok and find videos of Nashville downtown throughout the pandemic and these bars are popping with full of idiots, full of fucking morons, dude. That sounds about what I would have expected. Yeah. So that sounds about right. By the way, the source for this is WSMV and Consequence.net. And Bobby, you can start us off by reading this first paragraph. I, uh, I, I want to find out more about this Consequence.net. I think it's Consequence of Sound. Oh, okay. is the thing. I think that's what it is. Police were called to Kid Rock's Honky Tonk Rock and Roll Steakhouse on Saturday evening. <laughs> following reports of an unruly man at the establishment. Police said Nicholas Newhart was drunk and holding a bottle of beer, blocking the outside side emergency exit door at Kid Rock's at 221 Broadway. Kid Rock's security told the defendant to leave the outside door area, but he refused to leave. This sounds about right, right? Yeah, yeah. Fucking douches being douches. And so for the people that don't know, so Broadway, uh, Chad, that's like the entertainment area. Yeah, so that's downtown by the river. It's nightlife. it's uh. All the honky-tonk bars, it's just a tourist trap. It it used to be gritty and kind of dirty and fun 20, 30, 40 years ago. Right now, it's just, it's like, it's it's Disneyland for white people. It's awful. Uh, <laughs> I, I like, it it's like, like, like four basically different ideas. They, they're just like piling on until something <laughs> sticks. You know what I mean? You don't like Kid Rock, honky-tonk, or rock and roll? Well, fuck it. We got steak. Come on in. <laughs> Dude, do not eat food <laughs> yeah. there. Ugh. well here's where it gets a little bit more interesting all right security flagged down police to assist in getting newhart to leave at which point newhart took out his colostomy bag from the inside of his front pants area and started to swing the bag hitting two of the police officers (laughs) with his poopies yep this motherfucker was like i'm not going out without throwing some (laughs) so this is uh one of the few times where People use the, the term shit show literally. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because that was the headline, shit show. Now, explain to me a little bit, because I don't have a colostomy bag, <laughs> not yet. But how does this work? Does it go like instead of your shit going into your rectum or colon, it just goes into a bag? Is that the way it yeah. works? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's bypassing the bad plumbing in your body and going into this external bag that you've got to dump out every once in a while. And sometimes on cops. <laughs> yeah. If you're that drunk part of this story I approve. That's yeah. the only part of the story I approve is hitting ba- <laughs> cops with bags of shit. <laughs> well, oh, actually, yeah, you can tell us a little bit more uh, on this story, Chad. Okay, well, oh, a local Facebook group called Scoop Nashville. These guys are wild, and they just post police reports and stuff, and they're it's kind of crazy. Yeah. They're a little controversial okay. here, but it's a thing. They were among the first outlets to right, pick yeah. up the story, further adding... 
that some patrons were also hit with feces and that at least one officer has left work to change clothes. According to Scoop Nashville, this was at least the third call on the same man that shift and he had previously refused medical assistance each time and was then transported to booking where he was charged with assault on the two Metro police officers, disorderly conduct and public intoxication. I'll have to say this for our Metro officers. They do try. Like when it's clearly a mental health case, they try to get you help they try to take you to the right place but if you refuse multiple times and you're violent yeah you're going to jail you know yeah i did and uh, okay well that gives, that's good if it's a thing where they're at least trying to not have to uh take violent measures against you but yeah if you have somebody that's just refusing to cooperate in, in all kinds of ways then i guess there's no other but I mean, that also, then you're also risking drinking out their fucking colostomy bag and throwing shit all <laughs> over right. the place. See, this is the thing is like, I've, I've, for a long time, I've thought about like maybe, oh, you know, maybe I could bartend. That seems like a fun job. And it does sound fun until you have to deal with dude that is just fucking hammered and, and is not cooperative in any kind of way. And then you got to deal with fucking shit getting thrown all over the oh, place. Oh, yeah, dude. How many people over the years have been cut off? Because they're fucking hammered and have punched the bartender, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. But also the other part is I'm not a fucking super strong dude any, anyway. Yeah. So it's like even if, if it's a fucking giant dude that's being an asshole, well, I guess I'm getting fucking punched in the face because I'm not fucking taking this guy down. I mean, that's what bouncers are for. That, that's not your job as a bartender to wrestle some dude to the floor. Yeah, you're right. But like, I always picture myself bartending like at yeah. a dive bar where it's just like a bartender. Yeah. And like, yeah, I, I would think in places like this, they would have to have some fucking. Uh, yeah, they've definitely got security at this place and uh, they're all meatheads, you know. Right. They're probably guys that would, would got kicked out of other places. <laughs> when they're fucking out of <laughs> all right, Bobby. Now, so from Scoop Nashville. A lot of people obviously had something to say about this story. And here are some of their comments. So I'll let Bobby, you can read some of these. All right. Stu Hunkington. Uh, if Kid <laughs> Rock can't, can't hurl shit at people in his own big-ass honky-tonk and rock-and-roll steakhouse, what's the point of even owning such a place? I thought that we were free in America. This is some communist China bullshit. <laughs> Yeah. What's funny is that, I'm, well, I guess I want to say that this guy's being sarcastic, but it's one of those where like, you don't know anymore. Yeah, you can't tell yeah. who's being sarcastic and who's being real anymore. Uh, Carolyn Schmid. The most disturbing part of the story is that there's actually a place called Kid Rock's Big Honky Tonk and Rock and Roll Steakhouse. <laughs> yeah, I to be honest, with you, I didn't know that he had a bar in Nashville. Is, does he live there now? Is that the thing? He's lived here for a few. Well, he has had an apartment here for a few years now. I mean, yeah, nobody calls it the Detroit Big Honky Tonk and Rock and Roll Steakhouse. We all call it Kid Rock's Big Tourist Trap and Syphilis Pit. <laughs> that I, the Syphilis better, Pit, yeah. that would be a good dive bar name. I like that. That sounds pretty awesome, actually. <laughs> right? Yeah. I'd go there. I'd go, yeah, uh, sure. <laughs> Catherine Wines. He said, Nashville, go on and raise up. Take your colostomy off. Swing it around your head, just like a helicopter. In his best Petey Pablo voice. <laughs> now, I, th I take offense to that one, because that's North Carolina. Don't you dare Yeah. take a... Uh, the helicopter thing from North Carolina that because that's basically all North Carolina has just just keep in <laughs> mind with this story and any story that's downtown Nashville these are not locals these are all tourists no <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah nobody <laughs> who lives here goes downtown because that's a fucking awful place to be 
Yeah, that sounds about so right. So your theory is right. that the local Nashvilleian with the colostomy bag would be more well behaved than when it you hurl it around his poo. The the local Nashvilleian would never go downtown. <laughs> That's, I mean, it I, sounds like he was maybe just he went to the right place and was out there doing the Lord's work. <laughs> yeah that's right he's actually kind of he's turning yeah. to be the hero of this whole fucking story all right ian now you can tell us a couple of more comments from the scoop. all right this next comment is from the alien fishbowl was gonna say this is the number one crazy story from scoop this year but it's definitely number two. Oh, i see what he did there holy shit ah, you got yeah. it number two yeah. okay all right okay. alexander good job, Gar- alien fishbowl yeah good alexander good garcia job, fun fact the act of swinging around a field of colostomy bag is officially called a bawataba. So this that's is a, <laughs> that's the definition of that. Referencing that terrible kid rock song, Jane Jones' comment is, you know, they will never be able to clean all that shit up. Not all of it. Someday, someone will be enjoying a basket of something greasy and covered in gravy when they notice a small fleck of feces over their date's shoulder. I like the thought of that, that uh, you, well, I was going to say, I like the thought of like, if you ever go to the Kid Rock's bar slash steakhouse, you, there's always the possibility that there's going to be some of that shit left over, but there probably was already. Yeah, as if there yeah. wasn't already vaporized shit in the air. All right. We are going to move on now to our main segment of the Nighters and Decorous Deep Dive. We build this show as an educational comedy podcast. We often fall short of the latter, but we always deliver on the former. This week's Deep Dive was written by Bobby. When people use the term underground, it's usually in reference to some lesser-known music artist in an attempt to sound cool and who they'll stop listening to should said artists gain any commercial success or become able to feed their family. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> in addition to these artists, New York City has a whole underground society, literally. As in, they've made New York's vast system of tunnels and abandoned subway stations their homes. They're commonly referred to as small people, but in an effort to keep middle and upper middle class white women in Portland from writing think pieces about our hate speech, we're going to go ahead and call them POT or people <laughs> of tunnels. Oh, good one. Came up with that. I Bobby. did. Yeah. Good for you. So unless you guys don't like it, in which case it was, in fact, Ian that wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like it. POTs. Well, so now we're going to talk about some facts about P.O.T.s that you may not be aware of. So I guess I was wrong about mole people. I thought it was people that had a lot of moles, but it's actually <laughs> because they live underground. You're familiar with this, Chad? You heard of this? Yeah, I saw a documentary about uh, these people. There's like a whole community of motherfuckers down there. It's crazy. All right. Bobby, tell us a little bit more about these mole people. Throughout the years, the city has made efforts to clean sections of the subway tunnels. However, since there are just so many of them, many abandoned areas remain untouched. It's estimated that of New York's 60,000 homeless people, more than 2,000 are living underground, but that number could be a lot higher since these folks probably aren't too eager to fill out the census. Yeah. 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 Crazy, man. I do, when I lived in New York City, you see, you obviously take the subway everywhere and shit. The, The actual subway system is so huge that you don't even think about, oh, there's fucking huge sections that are not even used. Yeah. And these people just, they just fucking live there. Like, really, I, they've built structures down there. Like I've, I've seen oh, video wow. of them building little communities. There's places to live. There's communal cooking areas. It's it's crazy. That sounds like something you would hear like in a futuristic movie or something. Like after the apocalypse, yeah. 
these people made huts and in, in the underground or whatever but this is something that actually fucking exists yeah it's, ver- right it's very mad max exactly that could be a sketch like if say these people did fill out the census to the point that it actually like gained them another representative and that, <laughs> that person was always on tv you know talking about their constituents <laughs> And they're, you know? and they're dressed in like oversized coat that's tattered with rat tail hanging yeah. out of the pocket. <laughs> so, so I've got yeah. I've got questions. So I'm seeing the numbers sixty thousand to two thousand. I do wonder though, how many have died traversing the wrong tunnel where there was a live train coming by that just wiped them out? Oh, oh thousands, surely. Yeah, I'm sure that happens. I mean, I don't know how many were that was the case, but the cruel thing is, and it's not uncommon either. But you run into this if you spend enough time in New York City where like the train is delayed and it's because somebody fucking jumped on in front of yeah. it and you're like, God fucking damn it, man. Now I got to wait on this for fucking an hour. Nobody gives a fuck about how sad the guy yeah, was. Yeah, your last this earth was fucking selfish, really? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Like now I'm going to fucking, I'm going to miss Jeopardy. All right, Ian, you can do All this right. next The one. majority of P.O.T., live under very popular parts of town like Times Square. They travel at night to avoid being evicted because it isn't exactly legal to live in these places. And it makes uh, sense. Similar to people, gingers, for example, that have many a freckle, I would imagine the mole people very sensitive to light. I was thinking about that to an extent, too. Like, I wonder if you spend enough time down there, are you just going to be very, very sensitive to light when you actually do come? <laughs> Your other senses are enhanced. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Like, if we could get these people in some kind of a Paralympic team, they would fucking kill it. <laughs> Blind them, and they'll kill it with all their other senses. Times Square, actually, I was going to say that earlier, that kind of reminds me of how you described that part of Nashville. Because yeah. Times Square used to be gritty and fucking dirty and dangerous, and now it's just fucking Disneyland. Yeah, very similar. All right. So numerous sections of the New York City subway are abandoned, including some old rail cars, some... POTs choose to live in these abandoned stations, and some homeless only take advantage of them when freezing temperatures above ground can be deadly. Some of them are pussies, and some of them are like the real deal. Like do that shit on the rail. Well, so, so these are the bougie people. Again, yeah. I'm not really sure what that word means, but <laughs> yeah. actually, I'm gonna, let me ask you, Chad, what does bougie mean? I, I, we've had this controversy going. I'm not really sure exactly what that word means. I mean, to me, my perception of bougie is like somebody. With frou-frou, she-she aesthetics, where they're just, like, everything's got to be, like, an Instagram influencer level of comfort. Like, that's what it feels like to me. Okay, so by that, because that's kind of the definition I was going with. So that's what I'm saying. So, like, the the fancier mole people, they're like, no, I got a, you know, I got a fucking uh, car old rail car that I stay at, you know, like that's kind of like what I'm getting at. It's like, I wonder if there's a stratification amongst the mole people. Oh yeah. You know, there is, yeah, (laughs) there's, there's a hierarchy (laughs) where somebody's top dog and somebody's getting shit on even down there. Oh, for sure. sure. Even there some days, like one day, one day I'll get a fucking old rail car. That's right. I mean, I think the, just the homeless community in general, you know what I mean? It's like, if you see a guy on a corner all the time, you don't know what he had to do to get that corner, you know? He might be the king of the homeless for that whole neighborhood. That's true. It's a hustle. And there's a guy at my exit that he and his wife are there most days of the week, but sometimes somebody else swoops in and takes his spot and he's got to stand caddy corner on the other side of the block, which, which is less productive yeah. You know, and, and it, you can see the fury in his face. He's mad. 
<laughs> Dude, I my dad used to tell me a story about he knew this. He was actually he married one of my aunts. Like he was a so I guess I don't know whatever that makes him to me, but whatever. This guy was a hustler his entire life, and he told one of my uncles like, "Hey man, you want to make some money today?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure, of course." He's got nothing to do. He's like, yeah, all right, we're going to go to this town, which was only like 30 minutes away because they were having some sort of festival going on, some sort of parade, some shit was going on. And they got there like super early and then they just stood on the street and he's like, all right, so what do we do now? And the guy is like, just, we just sit here, man. And the guy <laughs> just waits and it's like, what? I thought we were going to make, make some money. It's like, just fucking, we wait. And sure enough, two, three hours later, the fucking street starts packing with street vendors. And because they're standing there, they have a prime spot and they ended up selling that spot. So a street vendor that wanted that spot. And that's, that, that's oh, how they made that awesome. money. Wow. They just fucking stood there. <laughs> yeah. For four hours. Cause it was that's a prime clever. spot. They just got there before all the other people. Good hustle. Yeah, that's fucking <laughs> exactly dude. All right, Bobby, you can do this next one. Living underground in the New York city subway system. Isn't nearly as glamorous as no one ever thought it was. <laughs> Uh, giant rats, snakes, debris, and other P.O.T. make living underground very dangerous. Wait, they have fucking snakes in there? I think so, yeah. It said, uh, uh, the article just... I read said reptiles, and I just assumed that that... Yeah, dude, yeah, if there's snakes. rats, you know that snakes are going to show up. Yeah, good point. Yeah, exactly. It's fucking alligators, bro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Those sewer there alligators. <laughs> fucking dinosaur-sized rats down there, so... <laughs> well, we, we all know there's mutant turtles down there. Yeah, right, 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 right. Because of all that pizza, that, which we now know gets brought down there by the rats. Yeah. You guys <laughs> oh, see yeah. that video, right? Remember it's, pizza rat? It's all connected, dude. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's the fucking uh, circle of life. Yeah. Food chain. And then, yeah, here's the other part of it, that sometimes homelessness or just living a lifestyle, like a hobo lifestyle, sometimes gets glossed a little bit, like it kind of gets glorified or, or romanticized. Van life! But you're... but you're gonna fucking deal with other fucking people that other underground or pot's as we like to call them that might try to fucking kill you yeah so you gotta be always looking over your shoulder because you probably didn't end up living in the new york subway system because you made a lot of smart choices great decisions and not everybody everyone thinks that the archetype of a boxcar hobo they're whimsical they're friendly they're just they're they're a good hang. Wait a minute, but, who oh, thinks yeah, this? Fucking <laughs> yeah, man. That's, 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 why we, that's why we don't hang with him anymore, they're, man. They're, they're mentally they're, ill, like veterans. <laughs> they're, they're, they're the people we sent into a war zone who came back and couldn't integrate with society and had no health care for them and they're no mental health care and they've spiraled and now they're on the street slinging colostomy bags around. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> like to, to be fair, right. That's where that. Like these head. are these are people we shoved through our war machine and now they're this. <laughs> well, Ian is only familiar with cartoon homeless people. All right. <laughs> yeah, that's a very no, yeah, that's a very Looney Tunes <laughs> caricature. <laughs> yeah, you know they have this stick with the little bag at the other end, right? <laughs> and that's where they put their clothing bag in. but i know i to go back to what you were saying and there is that aspect that some people like to like i remember tom broca got in trouble once because he was going to work and he mentioned something like he saw a homeless dude sleeping on a bench and he was like envious like oh i wish i could sleep in like that guy fuck that (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, right. So, so that's a thing that I think gets glossed. So that's why I mentioned the thing I said before is because I think there is this Hollywood depiction that romanticizes being homeless as like, yo, it's all singer songwriters <laughs> that you're just too too real for Nashville, and that's all they. Now, there's some fucking you know they're they're mentally deranged people that have been uh, put in circumstances that they can't deal with, and that's why they're in these sort of situations. It's not fucking roses down in the fucking subway system but chad you can do this next one right all right here. let's see uh since people have been doing this for a long time there are couples and even families that don't want to lose their children to the foster care system living underground they have formed communities and some of them even have pets now see this is news to me so you're saying bobby you wrote this so this is a thing they're afraid that their kids are going to be taken away yeah. so they well say think they about run it and i hide mean and how you can't exactly tell anybody that works for the state that you're homeless and not expect your kids to get taken away. Yeah, mm. good point. So it's a life hack to basically keep the kids with <laughs> yeah, you yes, and it's to, a pacify, life hack. You got it. <laughs> to pacify them and make them happy. You, you adopt a sewer rat as a pet. So that's what they did. They went on Reddit and went to the life <laughs> hacks subreddit. And that's how they found out this is what they need to do. <laughs> exactly. I do wonder about that, though, or not wonder, but I have thought about that when you see homeless people that have a pet and it's like, dude, it's got to be hard enough just to fucking you feed yourself, let alone also have a pet. Well, and I think that that was like something, yeah, that some of them figured out that they're going to get more donations if they have a pet because there uh, are a lot of people that somebody's even got that joke that like, ah, it's for the dog, you know, somebody's you can't like, understate the value of having a pet, though, like. People make jokes yeah. about like emotional support animals, but honest to God, dude, like every animal makes you feel better immediately. And yeah. I, like if, if you're living on the streets, if shit's fucked, if everything's gone, gunny sack, like goddamn, get a dog. Whatever comfort you can enjoy, you can get out of life. Grab it, man. And you know, and some some dog like that doesn't have anybody. God damn, to have even a homeless guy that yeah. has nothing like that's better than being feral or being put down. Yeah, yeah you're right. You're absolutely right. There, you can't put a price on that companionship when nobody else fucking wants to Dude, be around. People, I'll tell you this, man. People don't jump up and down because they're so excited to see you, but dogs do that every fucking day. Oh, yeah. If you yeah. don't have a dog, if you've never had a dog, if you're sad get a goddamn dog oh do yourself I, I got, a favor got some bad news for you though ian hates dogs well i, oh I will my. say i'm a, I'm a cat not, man he, he, cats will be politely indifferent so <laughs> yeah but it. cats are very difficult to have if you're homeless <laughs> like you can't, you can't you can't put a cat on a leash and expect it to hang around man it's not happening yeah, yeah having a cat as a homeless person is like oh i once had a cat yeah, I, I know a cat that lives in this neighborhood. That's what. He yeah. <laughs> I, we occasionally that, that say like, hi. He's like, he's like, that's my cat. Do you see it? Yeah. He just, he just, you only caught like a half a second glimpse of it. That's my cat. <laughs> I see it for half a second every day. Uh, Chad, had a, didn't you have a squirrel pet? Yeah, I've had fly, dude. I've had every animal. I've had flying squirrels <laughs> as pets. I've had raccoons, ducks. <laughs> Um, snakes. I've got a right now. I have a blue-tongued skink, a turtle, and dogs, and a bird. But wow. I've, I like I. It's always a menagerie. I've wait, got all kinds of wait, animals. Wait. Oh, that's awesome. Did you say you had a blue blue-tongued skink? Not a skank. 
Now listen, if oh, any skanks uh, want to move in, you're more than welcome. <laughs> you're always welcome in my home. No judgment. There's, there's always care, in the cage. Okay, yeah, okay. I don't care what color your tongue is as long as you're using it. But I I was yeah, yeah. I mentioned a yeah. blue tongued skink, uh, which is oh, it's okay. a lizard. It's a lizard. Okay, got it, got it. I, I, I misheard. Big yeah, distinction no, yeah. between the lot lizard and an actual lizard. <laughs> uh, yeah, you got leashes for all sizes. Yeah. <laughs> Some of the abandoned sections of the subway are actually really nice looking with beautiful windows, stained glass, and ornate tile. But most POT choose to live in the darker tunnels to avoid transit authority personnel and police. Now, this is one of those things where I especially hate vice police, yeah. vice cops. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? You're, you're just fucking with people having fun. But this might even take it to the next level. Like, why are you fucking around with homeless people that are living in a place where there is nobody else using that shit? What is the actual benefit to society of you harassing somebody that's using a space that nobody else is using? Yeah, yeah I, I think the only argument for that is that because... If somebody gets hurt down there, then their family files a wrongful. De- then the family comes out of the woodwork, and then there's a wrongful <laughs> death. They finally yeah. have now a family. they care about that person. That, <laughs> you know. Now there's money. I though. guess so. Yeah, yeah that's, that's it. We don't want to be liable for what. Yeah. What, the, yeah. Never mind that these people have been forgotten by society and fucked over their entire lives and now forgotten. No. Yeah. Just please don't hurt yourself while you're down here slowly dying. Yeah. You're going to make our premiums go up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's funny how often when I can't think of like who's hurt, not just in this case, but in very many other cases, when I think about like who's getting hurt by this, nobody's getting hurt. Why do people care? How often the answer is insurance, bro. Insurance. Yeah. Every time. It's so wild. Like some restaurants will put padlocks on their dumpsters so people can't root through them. It's like fucking, you threw it away. Who gives a shit? Let somebody eat your trash. What do you fucking yeah, care? Roll the dice and yeah, half the time they get nourished and they're happy. A few times they get sick and dysteria. Who cares? So this, I think, was what Chad was talking about earlier. And I forgot... <laughs> While I was reading this, I forgot that I actually saw this documentary, too, uh, a while ago. But uh, Dark Days, a 2000 documentary by filmmaker Mark Singer, follows a group of people living in an abandoned section of the NYC subway called Freedom Tunnel. There's also a book called Tunnel People about inhabitants of the Freedom Tunnel, written by John Voten. I butchered the shit out of that. Uh, who yeah who lived there for five months okay so, so we're just telling the the listeners that this is where they can find more information about this. yes so i, I heard about this hierarchy system they have do you guys know anything about that and how the hierarchy works i really I, I honestly i mean i'm still embarrassed by the fact that i thought mole people just had a lot of moles mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm still my face is yeah like, that's like a, a new tlc show about <laughs> skin disorders yeah yeah my 600 mole life yeah. So what is it? So I read a little bit about this topic, and it, one of the interesting points I read was that there is a hierarchy system to where the newer mole people are subservient to the more established mole people. <laughs> and I just, I'm not quite sure how that whole situation works. And So there's like the established mole people and then the open micro mole people. Exactly, exactly. So you're homeless, that's bad enough. And then you're living in the subways of New York City and the tunnels of New York City, and there's a hierarchy. Yeah, of... you, you might get slapped by somebody that's Lieutenant Colonel Homeless, you know? <laughs> <laughs> 
guys, we are going to move on to our last segment of the podcast. This is Indecorous Laws. Every week or whenever we feel like it, we highlight some of the oddest laws in different states of the United States. Most of these are real laws, at least at some point. Some of them have since been repealed and others are sadly still on the books. None of them might be unverified. This week we are doing Utah. One of our local buddies just did a dry bar. That's where they, apparently that's where they, they film all those dry bars. Did you know that? Oh, no. Okay. I think in like Provo. You guys know what I'm talking about? Dry yeah. bar? Ian, you know Yeah, what? I've heard of, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like clean comics do very well produced sets that get put online and stuff like that. Um, but here's the thing that he was telling me is while he was filming his dry bar set, he went over to whatever the club is in Salt Lake City, and Mark Norman was the headliner. And, oh, nice. And they were eating it up. And I think it's one of those things. And I, I think, actually, Chad, you'll be able to relate to this. It's actually, it's actually not a bad story to tell, because Chad's also open for Stanhope a lot. And I remember when Stanhope was doing, like, Birmingham or some shit like that. You know, he would post it on social media. and. People would be like, like, oh, my God, dude, you're doing Birmingham. They're going to hate you or whatever. Like, why would you do that? To Bullshit. Yourself? That sort of thing. <laughs> he did. He, he exactly played Zydeco. Did. It's a rock yep. club. And so only his fans were there. It's not like he was playing Stardom. Exactly. Like, you know, he's he's got an audience. It's, it's all people who love him. And that's exactly <laughs> what I was getting yeah. at is because I think people in towns like this, when somebody that's out of the norm of what that town is expected to be, the people that do like that shit love yes. it, dude. Like, like, and that's the thing. And that's why, I, and I, and people ask me all the time, like, oh, what's your favorite town to perform in? And I'm like, I, I can't really divide it into towns because I've done the same town in different venues and had completely polar opposite reactions. And one of the ones that I do yeah. all the time is Birmingham because I've eaten a dick and gotten fired at the Stardome, but I've also opened for Doug at Zydeco and it was like fucking rock and roll. You know what I mean? It was fucking crazy. Because those people were like, yeah, we're tired of all the horse shit that we usually have to fucking yeah. listen to here. So there's that much more interested in somebody coming into their town that's, uh, you know, that's outside the norm of what they're used Absolutely. to. Absolutely. Like, they, they like, that Zydeco it. show was f awesome. But like, Dude. that's what, like, people give me shit all the time. They're like, why are you playing Elkhart, Indiana? Like, those people love me. They're so glad I came, and I guarantee you they're giving me drugs and alcohol, and, <laughs> yeah. and, and they want to party all night long because they're just so excited that somebody who's not a fucking moron showed up in their town. Absolutely, Chad. And there's a funny story just specifically about Birmingham. I was passing through Birmingham once. I don't know. I was either on my way to a gig or on my way back to a gig. And I saw Doug was there, Stanhope. And I hit him up. Uh, I either hit him up or, 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 or Hennigan, one of the two. And I was like, hey, is it cool if I just come out and see the show? And I didn't know at the time Chad was opening for Doug. And they were passing through and Chad was the opener. And so I, you know, I'm trying to find a place. And then I finally find the the back door to get into Zydeco. That's where we were performing. And Doug's like, hey, what's up? Okay, man. Uh, good. You found it. Uh, open the show. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I just, 
I just came here to hang out and see the show. It's like, all right, yeah, yeah no, they want you to start up. And like, I fucking, I, I basically just basically parked my car in the back, went into the, the fucking green room, and five minutes later, I'm performing. Oh, I mean, yeah. it was still, like yeah. I said, it was a fucking great show because it's fucking Doug's fucking, and I still, I still know people for, from that show that, that have booked me at other shows. It was a great fucking show. But it was one of those like I just came here to see the show. I but Doug's good that like that. Like if he if he knows you too. and he likes you, oh, of course and he you is. Are you show up like he'll like I, there was one time he and Andrist were at Chattanooga's Comedy Catch, and I I'd, I'd played the catch a couple times before, but I just emailed Doug and I was like, uh, he, he used to have this bit where he said that if you've ever had an abortion, just shout it out at the door and you get into all of his shows for free. <laughs> and so I, I sent him, I sent him an email and I was like, ah, I had an abortion in 97 and I'll see you in Chattanooga in September or whatever. And so me and my wife at the time drove down there and I swear to God, dude, we walked up to the ticket booth and I'm, I'm a comic. They know I'm a comic. I was perfectly willing to pay full price to to see Doug because I love him. Yeah. And as soon as I walked up to that ticket booth, I hear Doug's <laughs> voice screaming out, ride in, Chad, ride, get in here. Uh, yeah. You don't pay to get in this goddamn show. And so he brought me and my wife into the bar and he went immediately like we got drinks and then he immediately went and asked if I could do a, a guest set. And yeah. I didn't ask yeah. for any of that shit, but that's yeah, how that's awesome. That's how good of a dude he is. He, you know? is, he is amazing dude, dude. Like, that's what I tell people all the time. Because the first time I met him, I was super intimidated. Like, I was like, oh, my God, this guy. Because I just knew the fucking stand-up. Yeah. So I was like, oh, this guy's rough as fuck. If I say the wrong thing, this guy is going to destroy me. <laughs> and I, no, he's a fucking sweetheart. He is. He's, he, 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 he would hate to hear any of this. But he is a sweetheart. He's a <laughs> oh, wonderful yeah. man. He's done more for me, I think, than anybody else in my life. Yep. And he's just a great guy. See, I thought you were going to say that he knew you from the abortion and not the comedy. <laughs> I thought that's where that was going. If, if, yeah, that's uh, why he was so grateful. Yeah. He's the one that inseminated Chad. If Groven only, at the if time. only, that would be a story. <laughs> no, yeah, he's he's a, one of the most amazing dudes. But yeah, I mean, not unlike our other idol, Letterman, who is the most uncomfortable getting praise from anybody, even though he's influenced a whole generation. Changed comedy me. as we know it, and in, in ways that are yeah. even imperceptible to people who don't understand what comedy was like before his show. Absolutely. I Honestly, I didn't realize how much he had influenced the way I approach comedy till I started. Doing yeah, it's wild, comedy. dude. Like, because if you watch The Simpsons or, uh, you know, it, just basically any comedy show that has happened since his show, it's all former Letterman writers or people who grew yeah. up watching Letterman in college. It's fucking Absolutely. nuts. He, he influenced that whole the, the, the sensibility of comedy changed with this. Ab absolutely changed everything. But anyway, we got to do, you know, we're contractually obligated to do these segments, you know, the <laughs> network. So, in decorous laws, we're doing Utah. So, Ian, go ahead, man. You can tell us this first in decorous All right. Utah. Law. In Utah, you can't buy alcohol during an emergency. This is because <laughs> selling of alcohol is prohibited. During an emergency. What kind of and, bullshit and, is that? And the obvious question <laughs> yeah. here is, and who would determine this? Is this the, uh, well, yeah. Well, I mean, some people would think not being able to buy alcohol is an emergency. Is yes. really and the they would be correct. Yeah. Thinking. <laughs> yeah. Or they're trying it, to cause a separate emergency. 
that's right. Yeah, if you don't buy, if you don't sell me some fucking alcohol, there's going to be an emergency going on here. <laughs> so this is the classic Apparently, two wrongs make it right thinking, I guess. I read a little bit more about it, and this headline is a little misleading because the actual law says that if there's an emergency, there's some sort of director that can determine that, okay, during this emergency, there cannot be any alcohol. So it's like a gas station where a gas pump is on fire and somebody hits a giant <laughs> button to turn off the pumps. Somebody's like, shut down the booze. <laughs> you know? yeah, that's right. <laughs> All the throbs of booze just to fucking shut the fuck I'm down. I'm getting like a, a, real, a real cartoon sci-fi vibe where you like have a magic whistle and when you blow the magic whistle, a little man comes running out and... Just out of thin air or something. Oh, I and mean, that, determines. That sounds a lot more magical. I like that. I like the little imagination you throw in there. But yeah, apparently that's the thing. Is like, if there's an emergency in Utah, there. I mean, I guess the guy has to consult with the governor too. But they can't come to the determination. I was like, which actually kind of brings up another question. Is like, okay, when do you determine an emergency is bad enough to not sell alcohol anymore? You know, like what's the threshold there? But wait a minute, I, what happened to warrant this bill? What what yeah, happened yes, where they're right, like, yeah. All right, enough. Next time there's a goddamn emergency, no more booze sales. <laughs> yeah. Who ruined this for everybody? There was the Great Salt Lake Fire where everybody just got fucking hammered. <laughs> and they're like, all right, we can't fucking do this anymore, that, dude. It sounds like some mob union job almost. <laughs> like it's this one guy just gets to decide whether or not the booze gets sold. Guy, I'd like to yeah. think that's the only thing he does. You know what this, this made me think about? I don't know if this was nationwide, but I know in North Carolina when the whole quarantine thing was going on. I don't know. Actually, Chad, you can tell me uh, how it is in Tennessee, but in North Carolina, all liquor sales have to be done through what is called the ABC store, which is kind of like a state-regulated liquor store. So you can't get liquor, because I know this was another thing that I ran into, and I'm sure you did too, Chad, when you're on the road, you're like, okay, what state am I in? Where can I get beer or alcohol? Because <laughs> right. yeah. I don't know. What is the law in Pennsylvania? Yeah. Can I go to Walmart or do I have to go to a special store or blah, 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 blah. So in North Carolina, if you want to get liquor, it's got to be at the ABC sanctioned state store. And they kept all of those open during quarantine for COVID because some people might die if they can't get alcohol. Oh, yeah. Hardcore alcoholics. If you deny them the ability to get some alcohol, they'll fucking die. How is it in Tennessee? Same deal here. We have a beer board and we have a liquor board. So it's two different uh, governing bodies that uh, grant permits for this. And so you can get wine and beer and grocery stores, but you got to go to right. a liquor store to get liquor. And okay, that's the same way it is here. Yeah, yeah. you can get uh, like you can go to a gas station to get beer yeah. and wine, yeah. basically, yeah. or a grocery store. But liquor has got to be and and well, fucking. I guess we already answered that question earlier. I'm assuming all the liquor stores stayed open during quarantine and time. Yeah, same deal because they were and and they got some flack for that initially. But it's like, yeah, these people will die. They will get shakes and then they will die when yeah. they go through withdrawals. You do not want that. So God yeah. forbid there's an emergency in Utah and these alcoholics are going to start dropping like flies. Yeah. I want to see that list of emergencies that would warrant yeah, such right. an emergency. And where is this at on the checklist? Like you've got, yeah. all right, we need to call in the National Guard for this. We need to right. Right. shut down the airport for that. But when do we shut off the booze? Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm thinking of too, man. Okay, there's a fire at the courthouse or... Uh, we're getting attacked by Godzilla. <laughs> when do we fucking 
cut off the liquor. All right, Bobby, you can do this next one. In Utah, it's illegal to, quote, cause a catastrophe. Okay, so I guess I got to take back the Godzilla uh-huh. thing because it's illegal there. So yeah. I'm assuming he wouldn't fuck with you. <laughs> yeah, he'll think twice before he fucks up Utah. He's like, yeah, he's kind of like Ian does where like, what's the legal age of consent? Jeez. Godzilla <laughs> is like, where can I cause a catastrophe and not be illegal? I would, but, also, yeah. go ahead, I would also like to think there has to I be mean, some sort of emergency where somebody from the state is in charge of like doling out alcohol. You would hope so. Yeah. State issued alcohol. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Like on, it's like unemployment benefits. So then maybe the federal government can up it a few liters. It's a hand up, not a handout. <laughs> yeah. And what is the definition of a catastrophe? Is is wielding one's colostomy bag full of poo a catastrophe? <laughs> and so, yeah, to the person getting the fucking poo on their face, it probably is. I don't know. Some people uh, consent to that shit, Carlos. You'd be surprised. Well, you're right. You're right, Ian. <laughs> Uh, it is a first-degree felony if the person causes the catastrophe knowingly and by the use of a weapon of mass destruction. Second-degree felony if a person causes the catastrophe knowingly but doesn't use a WMD. Or a Class A misdemeanor if the person causes the catastrophe accidentally. Yeah, so I guess that would be a hell of a fucking thing where you cause whatever they consider a catastrophe just because you overslept or some <laughs> shit like that. I don't know why this is reminding me of it, but I was just reading the other day about somebody that they dump something out in a stream or a river or something, and they accidentally killed all of these crustaceans or something, killed like 6,500 of these things, and the state fined them. It was either a hundred or a thousand dollars per creature. Wow. Is this, you're saying somebody, like, people ask, like, I'm asking for a friend? Is this <laughs> yeah. something yeah, that you exactly. did, you Bobby, and you're trying to What did you do? Attorneys. I did, what happened now, Bobby? <laughs> <laughs> and I'll do this last one. First cousins are allowed to marry in Utah if they are over 65 years old. Hmm. Can you guys guess what the reasoning is behind this? I don't this? know, but it sounded like Ian was contemplating a move for a minute yeah. there. <laughs> for a second. Hmm. Well, this, you say? I guess if you've wanted it that long, like go ahead and get yeah. it. <laughs> Retirement plans change. <laughs> so you Utah has like a, we want to make sure it's true love before you marry. This is what it is. It actually, I looked it up. The whole thing is basically because by the time you're 65, you can't procreate. Exactly. Yeah. We 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 have uh, talked about this on the podcast before. I forget what other state had a, a I'm similar. Sure thing. you. Have. <laughs> yeah, oh, we yeah. have we have to warn in every week <laughs> no it's not gonna work out sorry <laughs> <laughs> so yeah basically that's all it is if you're 65 year old then they're like all right you're not gonna have any retarded children fucking go ahead <laughs> go fuck go fuck your cousin which i'm fine with all right I, fine my my philosophy about most laws is as long as you're not hurting anybody then go ahead and do whatever the fuck you want to do I would, and i guess that's the case here. My philosophy is if the law lets you fuck your cousin, it's a good law. All right, guys, that's the podcast. Chad, thank you so much for being a guest, man. Appreciate you making the time. Thank you so much for having me. This was an honor, and I appreciate it. Good to hear from all you guys. Dude, thank yeah, you. Absolutely, thank you, Chad. dude. It's great hearing from you, man. Is there anything that you want to plug? I'm on all the social media at Chad Ryden, C-H-A-D-R-I-D-E-N. Um, so, you know, follow me on whatever the fuck. Who cares? 
Uh, absolutely, <laughs> man. It's great. It, it was, it was great fucking hearing from you, man. I hope to talk to you and see you again sometime, my friend. Yeah, we'll get shit faced and uh, tell all the rudest stories. Sounds great, brother. Bobby, you got any last words? Like uh, the like 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 this like 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 the like 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 like. I don't. Very well. How about you, Ian? You got any last words? You know, 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 you know. I do. So today I learned something fascinating. I want to share with you guys. Apparently, size really does matter. How are you still married? I said because Ian was was like, oh, apparently size does matter. And then I was like, oh, then you shouldn't be married anymore because you got a tiny dick and shit. Man, that was a burn. I don't know if I'm gonna come back from that one, but uh, I know. I I mean, feel free to try. So uh, I'll come back with that one with this wacky factoid. So apparently, size really doesn't matter and by size we're referring to the shaft length this is from shaft balls. length of what of the penis we're talking balls to tip baby and i mean for many generations men have always thought that this was the end all be all statistic the bragging rights this is the motherfucking shit that's going to get your bitch pregnant yo but in fact this is not the case this size fucking irrelevant but there is a measurement that does scientifically matter and it's crazy you guys sitting down? You ready for Wait, this? Wait, hold on. Are you are you going to say girth? Because I've heard that for like forever now. I am not going to say girth. Okay. Wait, so we've discarded straight up length. Yep. And then Bobby just asked about girth. Girth doesn't matter. Girth either. doesn't matter. Nope. Sweet. There's neither what, girth what, what nor length. Of, what kind of dimension are you taking us to? <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> it's another... fucking 7D chess you're playing yeah, with. Get your, get your so, crystals ready, Carlos. So, so yeah. it's, another, it's another erotic zone in the man. Some would say the most erotic zone of them all. You guys want to take a guess? The belly button. Uh, wallet? Man, you, you, <laughs> you are so cynical, Bobby. You know, girls, they, they don't care just about money. So I so see how kinky Carlos is over there going for the belly button. So uh, the, the size that does matter for a gentleman, and this is the size that is highly correlated to how fertile the gentleman is, and that is the size of the gooch, the taint, the special spot. This is the critical between the balls and the asshole, that landing strip, whatever you guys want to call that, the, the man fun pad. That's the demilitarized the, uh, zone. Yeah. Yeah, the DMZ. Yeah. So, so basically, the longer the gooch, the more fertile the gentleman is. The shorter the gooch, this is where he's going to be shooting the blanks and no babies will be made. So I, I had never heard the term gooch before for the taint. But also, I had never heard of pregnant kickboxing till I started doing this <laughs> podcast with you. Well, so I, there's a lot of things I've learned from you, Ian, is what I'm trying to say. I've never it's heard an educational of it, podcast, Carlos. Yeah, absolutely. Edutainment so, or entercation. Yeah, they did a study, the University of Rochester, a very large study of 126 men born after 1987. Is that a very large study? Well, I mean, you, you find 126 th- men that you can just randomly fill up their gooch and measure shit. I mean, 
Oh, he has. He has. They're called Bobby's, truck stops. That's why Bobby's so spectacles about this is because, like, listen, I ask guys all the time, can I measure the distance between your balls and your asshole? Exactly. And they found, what was it, 150 people that would do this? Yeah, roughly. I mean, it's, it's a second date question in my book. But, I mean, if you want sure. to think you could pull this off on the first date, you know, go ahead. But anyway, so that's so, how they did it. That was their methodology. They measured yeah. 150 dudes. And th- these were the results that they found. Yeah, dude. So they measured this shit and then they did this little test and ta-da. The answer is the longer the gooch, the more fertile they're going to be. Well, that's the thing is, I don't know if this is a positive. Like, I can't remember exactly how you phrased it when we first got into this conversation because I've been drinking. But if it was like, oh, it's not the length of the penis or the girth that matters it's the length of the taint i was thinking about it in terms of like oh this is what's gonna most satisfy the lady you're with yeah that's exactly where i thought this was going yes but if it's like oh no this is what's gonna most get her impregnated that's not necessarily gonna satisfy her Different kind of satisfaction, but uh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's it's either satisfaction or absolute misery for the rest of your (laughs) life. So it's a big, wide spectrum of happiness and misery that we're talking about here. I think so. Well, today I learned, so yeah. Well, at least, yeah, at least we all learned. I guess I'll have to measure my taint now. (laughs) Yeah, dude. Not only will I have to measure my taint, but I'm going to have to fucking Google what the average taint is. Yeah, I need something else to feel insecure about. Find out if you're adequate or not. (laughs) So thank you for that. And if you you have a very small taint and you're thinking, maybe I can just go condom free. I mean, statistically speaking, maybe you can. (laughs) You heard it here, folks. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. It's uh, edutainment or entercation, as we like to call it. Ladies and gentlemen, that's been our episode for tonight. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you want to support us online like Zach, yeah, like our man cool Zach, Zach, Zach yeah. then you can hit us up on indecorouscomedy.com or just go to our Patreon at themshits.com. Do we still have themshits.com? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to check real quick. Well, you know. Well, I mean, I'm only asking because I know that the Dave Williamson episode dropped and you were ready to fucking leave our podcast just to fucking cook some goddamn barbecue. Oh, yeah. I forgot. It does go to Dave and I's podcast. Yeah. You fucking fat ass motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) But if. It's still on there. You can go to indecorouscomedy.com or just go to patreon.com slash indecorouscomedy or themshits.com. Themshits.com. Still active. Walk your cat. Walk your fucking cat. Walk your cat. I was hanging out with this little kid the other day.